is due for a big breakout this season. Is Antonio Gibson the cheat code for zero RB drafters? And how concerned should you be about drafting Steelers right now? Plus, a bevy of guests join me tonight, including FFPC Live Events casino host Greg Sidoris and former KFFSC lead champs Bob Butterfield, Jim Cole, and Rob Fesher all stop by as well. We are live in Louisville at the 2020 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, and everyone is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Let's begin now. New cologne on. Feeling so good. Change the color to my phone. Orange Kool-Aid goes good with Patron. Oh, hell no. It's still my ringtone. Free car watch. Had to clean up the dodge. Give back when I can. Just play my part. Church folks had a fist fry. Mustard. Hot sauce. Light bread. Fist fry. Love for the big guy. Hit the park. Boys showing off their house. Nappy roof on the radio. And you know it about last night to hit the Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. Uh, my co-host is normally the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. He is off from tonight's broadcast. However, proud to bring in a bevy of co-hosts. Uh, with me tonight, first up is FFPC Live Events Casino host Greg Sidoris, who will join us to give us the latest updates from any of you drafting live at Paris in Las Vegas this year at the FFPC Live Events. And then a bunch of Kentucky experts slash champs come in. we got Bob Butterfield coming on after Greg Sidoris, and then Jim Cole will come on after that. Uh, and then to round things up, Rob Fetcher will, uh, will wrap things up and will announce the hype guy at the end of the program. Remember, we used to do the Ascendant. Uh, we kind of bucked the trend on that last year, and this year we are doing the hype guy, the guy who will be hyped up as we are just two weeks away, less than two weeks away from the start of the NFL season. Shout out to the chat room right now. If you guys have any questions, uh, just post them right in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFR. I am at Eric Balkman. Greg is at uh, Casino C-O-N-X-N USA. That's Casino, C-O-N-X-N-U-S-A. Uh, Facebook.com slash HSFFR is where to reach us. And if you want to call tonight, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you have any questions for us. Now's the time to send them. I'll do my best to get to them since I am producerless tonight as uh, my best friend, or excuse me, my, our mutual friend and producer Rob is off tonight, and we have uh, no best friend, no audio engineer Bryce uh, tonight. So it is me flying solo until we get uh, tonight's guests on the air. Uh, before we get to that, I do want to remind everybody that you can save $400 on additional teams in the FFPC main event. We have main event drafts filling each and every day right now at my myffpc.com. You can try to get a $500,000 grand prize. Maybe it's not going to be as hard this year, given that the main event is only a little over half full. Uh, so while the prize structure is guaranteed, regardless of the amount of entries, 
we may not get 100% of the entries to make it a sellout. So all good news for you if you want to jump in, especially if you're already in and you want to get that $400 off your additional main event teams. Football guys, uh, obviously $500,000 grand prize there, $3.1 million prize pool. That is filling up fast, people. And it's probably going to I always say this every year, and every year it always seems to fill up faster, but it's at its fastest pace right now, and that's going to fill up too. So make sure you're getting in on that. The Terminator tourney, of course, Super Bracket, Best Ball Slims, other Best Balls. Dynasty startups are closing on Sunday for the slows. The live drafts will launch 60-second clocks on Sunday as well. That's all at myffpc.com. Let's bring in tonight's first guest tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, check out his website, CasinoConnectionUSA.com. CasinoConnectionUSA at gmail.com is where you can email him. Of course, you can always get a hold of him at 216-299-5390 uh, at CasinoConXNUSA. It is Mr. Greg Sidoris. Greg, uh, welcome back to the program, number one. And uh, how are you doing tonight? Thank you, Eric, for having me back. I'm doing fine. Thank you very much. I'm excited. We're getting close to uh, the season, and uh, all things are going out here in Vegas, and that's what I'd, I'd uh, love to talk to you a little bit about tonight. Yeah, it, it, and for I think the last time we talked to you, we, we hadn't made the Paris announcement yet with, with uh, the FFPC live events going to be there, but it's basically right next door to Planet Hollywood. It's still right on the Strip as well. Uh, prime Caesars property, no question, and we're we're very excited to have um, uh, you know the the live events out there for sure. Um, let's talk about the the Sunday viewing party, or if anybody who is coming out there for an FFPC live player, uh, where they can watch the games on Sunday. So I'm putting that together uh, with some of the places that were being uh, supposed to be open that aren't, and a lot of our events this year were at Planet Hollywood that we shifted. And uh, that decision was made approximately two weeks ago that we were taking all the rooms. Anybody had a reservation at Planet Hollywood, that's going to be shifted over uh, to the Paris. Uh, In addition to the fact that we adjusted your rates, extremely affordable. Not only if you made a a past reservation, it's going to be readjusted. And for the people that have just, if you haven't made up your mind, you're sitting on the fence. Uh, Our room rates for the week days over at uh, Paris are 45 uh, and the resort fee is 25, which typically a resort fee is around 37, and that room rate at 45 dollars at the Paris for the weekday. On the weekend, it's 119. Uh, so those were all adjusted down. We started off with Planet Hollywood. Our rates on the weekends, Eric, were right around 179. So with the uh, the, the the state of the world and how we're at right now, uh, we went from 179 to 119. So that's a very nice adjustment. Uh, so that's yeah, uh, great that. with that's, the, a, um, that's a huge adjustment. Yeah, it it was, and Caesars is fantastic to work with. It's one of the reasons why we're with them. They they've always worked with us, and uh, we work well with them. And it's just been a great situation for everybody. Um, so the being right next door is very nice and important because it's it's nice. It's close to uh, everybody's familiar with that area. It's it's hooked up basically to 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 uh, Bally's as well. Uh, So there's a lot of areas that are open. There's a few things that aren't open. Most of the major entertainment out here is not open. So we're not going to see Sting or some of the stuff over at Caesars in the Coliseum. That's not going to be open right now. But but a lot of the lounges will be, and the bars will be at Bally's and at Paris and at Caesars Palace as well. Uh, So you'll have plenty of places to go. Um, getting back to that viewing party, uh, there's a place called Burger Brazier 
Brazier or some it's it's a hard French word for me to say. I know I just hacked it up major, <laughs> but I've got some locations that the guys will have a seat somewhere and and I'll probably have it put together by the end of this weekend. So we'll we'll, we'll maybe we'll get back on and let you know where it's going to be at, but they can call me at 216-299-5390 and I'll be able to take care of that for them before they get here. What, what about um now is it, are you talking about that for Sunday or for the the viewing party on Thursday for the Chiefs and Texans? Okay, so that would be for Sunday. Now the viewing party that uh, the FFPC official uh, kickoff right. party, which doors open at four o'clock, that's going to be at the Rivoli Ballroom. That's spelled R I V O L I. The Rivoli Ballroom. Now the drafts are going to be held in the Vendome Ballroom. That's spelled V-E-N-D-O-M-E, ballroom. So at this time, there'll be U-shaped drafts, and we have unlimited space over there. So if our numbers grow, we'll just open up another wing, and we'll make sure that uh, the, the numbers and the maxes, along with the square footage, all match up. So we don't have any issue with that. That was one of the nice, that's one of the nice things that we had with this when we moved and some of the other uh, events that were scheduled for September, they canceled, which gave us a little more leg room to stretch out in. So we'll be fine with that. Uh, the pools are open. So some people weren't sure if the pools are open. The pools are open. There are maximums at the pool, but we have a system. So when you check in, you'll get a, uh, you'll have to text something to one of the phone numbers, and then you'll be able to put your name and how long and what time you want to get to the pool. So that'll all be available to you. Uh, so there's people out here. There's everybody's doing what they have to do. There's everybody's wearing a mask. You have to wear a mask when you come in. They check your temperature, uh, but the, the the employees are working really hard to make sure everybody's comfortable. I can tell you. Yeah, no, that's awesome, Greg. That's really good to hear. Uh, obviously, so the the Rizzoli Ballroom will be the site of the world famous FFPC opening game viewing party. All the drafts will be taking place in the Vendome Ballroom. Both of those at Paris Casino. So, Greg, what, if, if somebody is looking to book, they're going to fly out there and, uh, and draft one of the main events live in the FFPC, what's the best way to do it? Do you prefer that, them to email you, call you? What, what's the best way? Here's what they could do, and if they want to just do it right now. So the first thing I would suggest they do is if they're not a casino player and they're coming out to draft and they know basically what they're going to do, they could go right to the myffpc.com, and right on that front page it gives you the link to draft in, in Vegas, click it, and then go down to where it states to book your room at the Paris. Click on that, and that'll take you right into our, our booking engine. Those reservations, you could book it yourself. It does come directly to me. If you feel that you uh, would like to go a different route, speak to me directly, uh, whether you're coming in for uh, more casino action as well, or you have some special requests, Call me at 216-299-5390 or email me at casinoconnectionusa.com, and I'll get right with you. But we, we've got room for you. We'd love to have you come out. If you're sitting on the fence, uh, I think you'll have a great time. And uh, how could you not want to draft live with these guys? It's fantastic. Yeah, no, no question. And obviously physical distancing won't be an issue at Paris this year for sure. Greg, thank you so much for hopping on uh, with us tonight. Thanks for the update. Always good talking to you. Be good, man. We'll talk to you soon. See you in a couple of days. Take care, fellas, and thank you. Have a good one.
Greg Sidoris, ladies and gentlemen, joining us on these airwaves tonight. Remember, 216-299-5390, CasinoConnectionUSA at gmail.com is where to reach him. And then, of course, if you want to book, um, go ahead and go to myffpc.com. And, uh, and you can register for the main event and register for your hotel room at Paris in one fell swoop. That's how easy it is, and uh, that's what we like to do at the FFPC. All right, let's bring in our next guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, a, a, fam- a world-famous podcaster extraordinaire, a, a Kentucky legend. It is Bob Butterfield. Bob, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, certainly getting to be on the High Stakes show is actually uh, a huge honor because it's, it's the best show out there. Oh, well, thank you so much. And, and it's people like you that make it uh, the best show out there. Um, how, many, uh, how many years have you been coming to Kentucky, Bob? Uh, Kentucky, maybe, I don't know, six or so. Like, yeah, because yeah, I feel like I've seen you out yeah. here a lot. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite one? Main event? Oh, yeah, uh, main event is your favorite? Yeah, that's what you usually play every year. Yeah, because you get the camaraderie of all the people like yourself, Dave, other folks. Everyone kind yeah. of drifts in and out of those contests, so you get to kind of keep each other a hard time sometimes. That's kind of <laughs> Did you get a chance to check out the new layout here at, at Caesar Southern Indiana? Pretty impressive stuff. I'm going to tell you, the Caesars has uh, kind of spooked it up a little bit, huh? <laughs> they have, absolutely. The sports book looks awesome. Some money here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they sunk it in, and, uh, and we get to enjoy the spoils of it this weekend. Let's get into some uh, fantasy stuff I want to talk to you about tonight. I'm going to lead things off with this uh, Benny Snell report from the Athletics, Mark Caboli, who covers the Steelers uh, for the Athletic. Uh, he says Snell is, quote, a much different and better player than he was last season. Now, you remember the Steelers, not only were they hit hard at quarterback by injuries, they were hit hard at running back as well. Snell is 12 pounds lighter this season. And, you know, this isn't the only positive report uh, that we've seen about Benny Snell. He clearly seems like the backup, Bob. If you're drafting James Conner this weekend in Kentucky or if you're drafting him in the FFPC, are you making a point of it to try to get Snell as your handcuff given this news? I very rarely will go after the handcuff of the top player I have or, or a number two running back. But in this case, I'm definitely making the exception because if you have Connor, you should have an injury concern to begin yeah. with. Yep. Um, and Benny's 12 pounds. Uh, it doesn't sound like a lot when some people say 12 pounds to those of us that maybe 12 pounds happens just over a week. <laughs> right. um, but uh, for Benny, 12 pounds was huge. And if anyone hasn't seen him, he, he does look different. Yeah. Yeah. He died. And, and it's, and it's good for him too, because, you know, when, when he came into the league, I kind of thought, okay, well, here's just this plotting guy. He's sort of just a guy, right? And now if he's lighter and he's changing direction better, and all of a sudden you're looking at not just a, um, a, you know, a fill-in volume handcuff guy, he could do some damage. I mean, he could actually make some plays uh, when given the opportunity. He's currently a 16th-round pick in the uh, FFPC Football Guys Players Championship. Shout-out to Fantasy Mojo, uh, at Fantasy Mojo on Twitter, FantasyMojo.com, where we get all this great ADP. Running back 66, still super cheap. So if you got Connor, it's pretty easy to lock up Benny Snell as well, and I think a lot of people will be this weekend. Uh, Nick Underhill on Twitter covers the Saints. Uh, Drew Brees actually predicted a breakout season on a radio interview for Traquan Smith. Uh, Quote, Traquan Smith is a guy who I think is ready to blossom and just explode in this offense. Uh, Sean Payton, uh, about a week before this, said that he thinks there's going to be a bigger role uh, for Smith this season. Now, the the Saints still have Jared Cook there. They still have Alvin Kamara. And then they add on uh, Manny Sanders as well. So I'm just kind of curious. Are you buying this breakout talk, uh, Bob? Are you going to get him late, or are you not buying the coach speak and the stuff? No, I'm definitely not buying in this case. Just too many really talented mouths in front of him. And uh, it's the same old story we hear about uh, that number three wide receiver, the Saints, being big value. But uh, I, I think we've got enough targets between Thomas, Sanders, and Cook. 
and uh, Alvin probably going to have a hell of a year. Yeah, I think so too. Just not it, worth the pick. And, and and I mean he's he is cheap. I mean wide receiver 87, 18th round right now. But I guarantee you this, and I don't know how if, if you've ever had a situation like this, but when it gets to be that late in the draft uh, and there's nobody out there, I mean nobody that you can pick. I still, you know, I know this in my head that Breeze says, hey, he's going to have a big season. I know Peyton says he's going to have a big season. It's still tough for me to pick him. Yeah, it, it <laughs> just depends on what tempts you the worst. You know, some players tempt you more than other players. And uh, if the, the same offense, let's admit it, top three offense this year. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. And injuries do happen. So there are a lot yeah. worse picks to make in the ATC. And, and he, I mean, like, as it stands right now, um, he is the fifth option, I think. If I'm, Yeah, That's well, hold on. So Thomas... Sanders, Cook, Kamara, yeah, he's hot. Um, And if you look at it from that standpoint, well, he's going to need an injury to hit, but what guy in the 18th round doesn't need an injury? You know, I mean, there's got to be some sort of opportunity created. Now you may have talked me into it, and I know you're against it. Yeah, I don't have him him yet this year. I I got him in one dynasty league, and I got to cut down so many players in that league. I was looking forward to cutting him. And now I don't know if I can anymore, which is, is frustrating. I think the one thing you got to remember is, is the three players we're talking about, Thomas Sanders and um, Kamara. Uh, Kamara, they're yeah. pretty hardy guys. Now, Kamara's yeah. missing time, but those guys are tough. They're athletes. They're pros. They're, yeah. they're, they're warriors. Oh, Sanders totally is, they're with warriors. all the stuff he's battled through. No question. Uh, let's go to Buffalo here. Joe Biscaglia, who covers the Bills for the Athletic, uh, says Devin Singletary has been having some fumbling issues in training camp for Buffalo. Uh, he's charted Devin Singletary with two fumbles. Uh, but this is within seven padded practices, and there haven't been a lot of team drills and rushing attempts. So, uh, obviously, it, it, there hasn't been a lot of opportunities, but Singletary's still finding ways to put the ball on the carpet. And McGir- McDermott, uh, Sean McDermott, uh, said um, when, when he was asked about Devin Singletary, he mentioned ball security. So, clearly, it's an issue. He had the worst fumbling percentage in the league as a rookie. And on the flip side of this, Bob, Zach Moss is getting some hype talking about how he's catching passes, um, where, where he's doing good on, on pass protection. I, I, this situation looked pretty clear. Even right after the draft, I think it looked pretty clear. clear. It's looking pretty muddled right now with Singletary and Moss. How are you handling this? It's not good. I'm, I'm really avoiding it. Staying away completely? Because, yeah. Because Singletary, when you think back a little bit, it's hard to remember this, but he, he really had uh, no challenges to play there the second half of the year. Right. And in that time period, he only got four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Two rushing, two receiving. Which okay, he's a rookie. He had like 700 yards rushing, 600 receiving. You know, and he had the and he had the ball security problem. And you add Stephon Diggs, and you got John Brown, you got Dustin Knox, you got a growing offense, you got the um, the, the quarterback trying to kind of put together some rushing yardage. And Moss is very talented. Yeah. And he's about two or three inches taller and bigger. If you look at him, he looks six inches bigger. Yeah. I think it's a problem. Yeah, and and uh, I know where did I? Say? I think it was on Twitter. Somebody with with um. I don't know who it was. I don't think they were with FFPC, but they're having their rookie drafts. And apparently Zach Moss has snuck now back into the first round of rookie drafts, first round of, of rookie dynasty drafts, where he was, I mean, he was like a mid to late second round pick when, when we were doing these in May, and now he's moved up quite a bit. And I think I'm with you too. I mean, like when it could, so like, I'll just tell you right now, as far as their, their ADPs go, Devin Singletary in, in football guys drafts over the last two days, and it's a good enough sample size here, he's dropped to the 601 as running back 29. But you look at some of the guys behind him, I mean, J.K. Dobbins, potential league winner. You, you have David Montgomery, who, uh, you know, granted, has, has the injury, but it sounds like 
Uh, it's not a season ender. So, I mean, there's something to be. Yeah. Then you have James White, Mr. High Floor, Mr. Low Ceiling. Exactly. What's wrong with that? Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden you come up on Zach Moss in the middle of the eighth round, you know, and, uh, and, they're, and they're getting tighter. You know, it's getting the, the distance between them is getting tighter. What about, um, so if you're, if you're avoiding Singletary, are you also avoiding Moss in the eighth? No, yeah. no, mind. I think eighth is good value for, for, for Zach Moss. As you just said, uh, you, you got a guy who's more, this is the way you look at it. Singletary is a between the 20 guy, it looks like. Right. Between the two 20s. Mm-hmm. Moss is going to be definitely out in that field inside the 20 mm-hmm. zone. Plus, Singletary's not doing well or fumbles the ball two or three times. We might see a whole lot of Moss. You never like to, we never root for injuries, no. but we can root for Singletary to fumble it. <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> and, 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 so, and then that's fine because, like, one of the most frustrating things. Yeah. See, I've done this. I did this once this year where in one of my drafts I got Ingram and um, Dobbins. Uh, another draft uh, I got uh, Gordon and Lindsay. Another one I got, um, what's, uh, what's the other one uh, that I just, uh, oh, Kamara and Murray. And the thing is, with all those players, eh, maybe it's the exception of Kamara, you know, you can't really start them, but if something happens to the other guy, boom, top 12 running back, you know, and I, I think that's how you have to look at it. And Zach Moss, I don't think he's yeah. top 12 if Singletary, you know, gets put on the pine, yeah. but top 15, top 20, absolutely. Right. Starting, starting for sure. Hey, uh, Belkis, I wanted to ask you something. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Quick. I know you got Jim Cole coming on here, uh, who won uh, one of the awards in uh, KFFSD. Well, more than one, I think. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He always does. <laughs> he's, a pain. he's a real pain. Well, anyways, I wanted to make sure you ask him about uh, our team performance in the FFPC last year. Team performance in yeah, the FFPC, yeah, okay. And I, he and I shared a team. Okay. So don't let him get away from the show without you asking <laughs> about how that team did and how it performed. Um, uh, we learned a lot together. So I, I don't know if you're setting the, I don't know how, like, if you're setting this up. No, no, not me. I'm just, okay. I'm just telling you to get some good, good media out there for your folks. And, and by the way, when you talk about the show, uh, people like us making the show, yeah. I did want to tell you and thank you and sincerely. Yeah. What makes this show different, yeah. what makes this show good, is you bring in so many different players. And different perspectives, listener, too. Right, yeah. As a listener, yeah. you get to hear 22 different perspectives over 22 weeks, for example. And it makes, finally, even if you don't want to start thinking about other players, the benefit of that, you go, wow. That guy who won, like that guy. Yeah. You know, and it makes you challenge yourself, which that's the best part of the high stakes show compared to a lot of the other podcasts. Well, thank you for that. And I'll tell you this for the longest time, I mean, we've did this like the ninth year we've done this show. And I would say it took me a good four years where, you know, people would come on and give their opinions. And it, it was tough for me to, to open my mind up to stuff I, did, I totally disagreed with. And then I was like, well, you know, these guys are winning hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm toiling in fifth place. Maybe I should listen. And, and once I started, you know, not necessarily I had to do what they were suggesting or do the same strategy. Once I opened up my mind to it, to look at it from their angle, it, it opened up other things to me, you know, in, in, in trying to figure this out. a little more, too, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, because it's it, – it, I mean, if you – Okay, so like I'm drafting a ton of leagues this weekend. Yep. If I'm drafting like the same team, no it's no fun. Exactly. But if I'm like picking and choosing and, and formulating all yep. these different ways, and I think that's what makes it more enjoyable. Um, you got time for a couple of emails here? About yeah. You're the boss. All right, so let's go to uh, Frank in Matthews, North Carolina. Uh, he writes with with all the O line injuries in Philly, is it time to take Miles Sanders down a few notches? Thank you for the email, Frank in Matthews, North Carolina. They, they lost Brandon Brooks. They bring in uh, Jason Peters. Now they lost Andre Dillard. Looks like Peters is going to kick over to left tackle. Yes. Uh, so Dillard's probably going to be out. You concerned about 
taking Miles Sanders in the first round now? Enormously. Really? Yeah. I, I well, how were you before? Were, were I was you one seven, one eight? With okay. Him. I was okay, and now I'm like one twelve, two one. Okay. Yeah. And see, so who's moved ahead of him then? Like Mixon and Drake, exactly. and okay. Regretfully, Mixon. Yes. Um, and not to mention, we didn't even mention this. He's got a Miles Sanders is dealing with a leg injury too, and we probably won't see him until the start of the season. So it's and a talented Boston Scott. And Boston Scott behind him too. Yeah, he's no schlub. So I think that that's. You know, I I was I'm in this Kentucky slow main uh, yep. right now, and um, I had the eighth pick. I think I had the. Where he goes. And I didn't want it. I was like, oh god, I, I hope I don't. I'm taking him there. And then I'm like, I just then I put on my my green and silver colored glasses, and I'm like, you know what? It's all it's all going to be great. Miles Sanders is going to do great this year. I totally have faith in him, and I took him there. And then I took Mr. Walking Boot Kenyon Drake in the second round. So I already got the walking wounded going on. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it may not be. No, he'll, be, he'll get healthy even if he misses a couple of weeks. But Kenyon Drake in the second round to me is a great pick. Um, moving on to Josh in Hearn, Texas. He writes, hey, guys, a lot of banged-up wideouts in San Fran make this hard to sort out for me. Well, who do you like there? Thanks so much. That's Josh in Hearn, Texas. Yeah, um, th- this is, we make this joke every year, yep. and this, it applies to the Niners receivers. They are the spinal tap drummers. Uh, essentially a fantasy football right now because J.J. Nelson, who they signed to throw the ball to because Debo Samuel was hurt, Jalen Hurd gets hurt, um, he gets hurt. And and so they're just dropping like flies. Are you targeting anybody there? Do you like – I mean – Samuel, I think the, the the reports have been. I think he was full running. I saw it today was was yep, the report that's that right. two days. Yeah, so that's good. Um, Ayuk, I don't know what to think. Ayuk, a lot of people like. He's not too great for me personally. And the player I'm targeting is Samuel Lake. Right. He yeah. He drops to like a six seven, and it depends on my team construction, like you talked about. Yeah. I'm kind of not too happy with my wide receiver three and four. I kind of like good upside. Lake. But I can't count on the first couple of weeks. Um, in in that Kentucky, one of the Kentucky slows I'm in right now, I was actually planning on taking him. I think it was like the eighth or ninth round. That's great. And John Rozak took him one pick before it got to me. So, so at least I'm you know thinking like a a, a good fantasy player. Um, what was I going to say now with um with Sam? Oh, this is what I was going to say. So two days of running now for Samuel back yes. to back. Do we see the bump this weekend or this weekend in, in Kentucky? Do we see him go up boards I now? That. I mean that, that and think about Kentucky where you got to start three receivers. There's there's obviously a premium put on that, and now maybe we see him shoot up a round or two. He, he will. We noticed it in Cincinnati during the day when some news came out. Yeah, we watch a player move up around. Really? Yeah. Um, so now KFFP is a little more, uh, re- I'd say, reactionary yeah. to news compared to FFPC right. because I think there's a, a larger sample size in FFPC right. and a little stiffer on rankings and, and being kind of deliberate. Uh-huh. But um, and, and the players such as that. But uh, um, yeah, we saw them there. Man, just a couple couple tweets can really yeah. screw up oh, the Yeah, totally. That. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that uh, it's going to be very interesting to see where Samuel goes this weekend. And quite frankly. You know, if he if we see him practice before the start of the season, you talk about oh. people drafting out in Paris yep. Vegas, uh, Paris Las Vegas, yep. or online in the FFPC main event, he might be back to where he was going before too. That's it's right. entirely possible. Right. Um, Bob, one final thing here. So we're doing the we always do the, the the ascendant. We're not doing it this year. We didn't do it yep. last year either. But we're doing the hype guy. This is a guy that we think is is going to be hyped up um, with by the the football guys drafters, the FFPC main event drafters, guys that are going to move up the board. Guys that everybody is going to be sweating. Now, I've narrowed this down, yep. um, and perhaps my list wasn't strong enough. Bourbon City Ballers' Kevin Williamson actually texted me before the show. He said his vote was for DJ Chark, and he didn't make my top five, yep. um, which Chark is possible, too, a, a, a big hype guy. Um, I've narrowed it down to five players, and the five players we are voting on tonight um, are going to be, 
uh, if I have it on my list. Oh, yeah, here it is. So AJ and Marquise Brown, two yep. Browns, uh, right up at the top. Ronald Jones, Terry McLaurin, and then Jonathan Taylor. So what I need you to do is give me your first place vote, your second place vote, and your third place vote. But give them in reverse order. So give me your, your third, you know, yep. your third guy, and then your second guy, and, and we'll sell the drama on the radio. I, maybe Ronald Jones gets sucked out of this now because of that injury today. But they're they're saying it's not serious. Well, I mean, obviously they're going to say that. But we'll see what happens. Who, a Brady running back's always coveted that much. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's another thing to consider too. So who who do you have? Jonathan Taylor third. Third for you, okay? All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep track of this. Marquise Brown is two. Lots lots of upside for those big touchdowns. I'm personally I don't have him quite high enough to get him a lot, but yeah. The guy was incredibly effective when thrown. Okay, before you get to number one, yeah. I, I always get okay, good or bad, and this is probably a good weight gain that Marquise Brown had. I'm always nervous when guys put on or lose a lot of weight. Yep. But you're not concerned about the 23-pound weight gain that he's – because, I mean, dude, and think about this. This is not a lineman. This is not a nose tackle going from 330 to 353. Yep. He went from 157 to 180. I mean, that's incredible uh, that, he, that he did that in one offseason. But I guess he's looked great, so I, we, we kind of got to take the Ravens' word for it, right? Yeah, he looks like one of those really fantastic Swiss Army knights, you know. Yeah. He's got like 22 blades now in his yeah. compared to – he only had six before, but – it, to me, it's all about. I think he's definitely not going to be this fast. Uh-huh. That's okay. He, he could be a little slower. The question is going to be: Is did he lose some flexibility, and does that get him hurt? Because he dealt with injuries before, that's, obviously. That's yeah. So, um, but I, I think great offense, great quarterback, awesome coach, and awesome franchise. It, it, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of positives there. And just to let everybody know here, in FFPC drafts right now, Marquise Brown is going at. Oh, got it. Lost. Oh, here it is. Uh, Five twelve. So he has moved up to wide receiver twenty five. Uh, pretty pricey. Still might be a value when you consider the twenty. There's there's only twenty four, or that there's twenty four receivers going in front of him. You could get him as your number three. He's your number uh, three. You, and you could, and you technically, I mean, if you went zero RB or you went wide receiver heavy, you get him as your number four. And then all of a sudden, you're looking elite at the position That's of Marquise right. Brown as your number four. All right, so who's your number one guy here, Bob? Uh, no question, that's Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, yeah. So he's just getting a lot of talk and a lot of hype. And he's on the right team that uh, they're going to need to throw the ball in the second half every week, like no tomorrow. And uh, the quarterback's learning the game. So um, a lot of turmoil in that franchise, too. Yeah. The, quarter, the running back play will flip around. So the one thing to be constant is this kid, Sims, and the quarterback. Yeah. There's always be out there. I, I, I think here's the telling thing about Terry McLaurin. Dude had 93 targets last year. He caught 57 for like 900-some yards and eight touchdowns. I mean, he was incredibly efficient. And you look at that team this year. Haskins throwing the ball, yep. probably going to be playing from behind. Yep. Not a great defense. No, he could get 40 more targets on top of that than that than he did last year. And if he's doing that with 93 targets, Bob, what's he doing with 135? It's going to be great. And this is, I mean, granted, okay, he has moved up, but at this point, yeah, where, where is he right uh, now on fantasy mojo? Uh, there's no tight end there either. Don't exactly. Yeah. Um, wide receiver 19 at the 412 which I think is – I think – and I like Marquise Brown too, but I think McLaurin value-wise is, is going to be better he's than – He's a focal part of the offense. Yeah. Marquise Brown is dressing. He's frosting. Yeah. McLaurin is he's – he's the everyday bread-and-butter part of that offense. They just don't have the playmakers that Baltimore does. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bob, what a pleasure yeah, this awesome, was. Man. Oh, so awesome. much fun having you on. Yep. Uh, are you drafting tonight? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, just one team tonight, yeah, and then I'm uh, um, helping out with something. Oh, okay. Know. Are you doing the Midnight Madness tonight? I'm, I'm, oh, I'm the facilitator for, for that. Madness. Oh, okay, all right. I'm doing the auction tomorrow, which I love doing. Uh, they, I see I'm doing the auction tonight, but I'm in the Midnight Madness uh, draft be, tonight, be, so I will see you. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Hey, thanks so much. And Thank you. Give, uh, give Jim's it's, insight on that. It's what I'm leading off with, for sure. <laughs> Bob Butterfield. Always a pleasure. Yes, man. thank you so much. Joining the uh, KFFSC live podcast here tonight uh, on the High Stakes Fantasy Footballer. Once again, we are live at Caesars Southern Indiana, just outside of Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, having a blast here. We the, the Keeper League that always goes on during the, the uh, show is now over with, and now we have uh, some more silence before we get to the auction tonight in about one hour. Uh, we won't have silence now because it's our good buddy, the anti, uh, the the, um, the the arch enemy of Rob Fetcher, right. um, and and the good buddy of uh, Bob Butterfield, Jim Cole. Welcome in, going, making your debut on the show. That's right. My That's favorite right. brewmaster ever <laughs> in the world. Well, so you uh, have to take judgment of that later. Oh uh, no, yeah. I've already made up my mind. It's going to be great. Right. I, I but I can't wait to to, yeah. uh, been to try. Been monitoring your check-ins on the old untapped. Oh yeah, a lot of Miller 64s you know, on there. You've actually been better about that. <laughs> you know what I did is I got. Do you know what Taver is? I mean, it's it's up in the Pacific Northwest. It's this uh, company that um, uh, it's an app, and then you can get craft beers from all over the country. Ooh, yep. and, yeah, oh, God, it's, it's so great. So you can get, like, a, they're all pretty much 16-ounce. There's 22-ounce bottles there, too. And um, you can get these, and you just fill up your crate as many as you want, and then they send it one flat shipping fee. So all these um, uh, beers that I've been checking in, they're, they're uh, stuff I could never get in Wisconsin. It's it and they're all and they're all tremendous yeah. too. But oh my goodness, so some of oh it's oh uh, yes right. exactly. Uh, I like I love Wisconsin beer, but man, some of the other states do some pretty good uh, stuff as well. Okay, so let's lead things off with what Bob was just mentioning. You guys were teammates, co-owners in the FFPC last year. I need to ask about your team performance and what he was referring to. Oh. How many main event teams were there live? 2,400? Uh, it was, probably sounds right, yeah. Oh, no, what is that? it was 2,400 total. Yeah, um, okay. But still, live, I don't know, it was probably like between a third and a half that. So out of the 2,400 main event, main event teams, sure, yeah. finished 2,385. Oh, what happened? Was it injuries or what? Well, David Johnson Juju was our first two fans. Uh, yeah, that's and rough. we fell into the uh, trap of the O.J. Howard. Uh, as your number one tight end, yeah. yeah. It was and it was a mess from that point forward. You so so. Um, try to manage that team too. It, it just could not make it. it could not well, that, but that's what you have to do. Yeah. I mean, like, because if if you know once and that's in Kentucky, I've dealt with this too. It's like if if my guy tears an ACL or or you know ruptures something or whatever, yep. I know it's on me to try to fix this through the waiver wire. Yeah. Uh, all season long, you know they always say that that, that there's um, that, that there's four facets of fantasy football. There's um, drafting, um, setting lineups, player acquisition, and trading. Well, playing high stakes stuff, yeah, you get you get one of those yeah. legs cut off. Yeah, so you got to be really good at the other three, which right. is really frustrating. Uh, in any event, bigger and better things uh, coming this year for you. So, Jim, let's uh, let's kick things off here and sure. and uh, talk a little. What are we talking about first with you tonight? I believe it is DeAndre Swift, who right. Lions running backs. Um, he was uh, did not practice yesterday. I have not seen the reports from practice today. I should probably find out before the auction tonight. Um, Ty Johnson was actually taking uh, the second team snaps uh, behind Carryon Johnson. Now we don't know if Swift is actually hurt or if the Lions just want to keep him healthy. But the fact that he has been out for like a week now um, cause for concern. Carryon Johnson, DeAndre Swift, how many or how many teams are are you going to have these guys on this weekend? I don't know. I, I Stand don't... away. Might be. I, I, I can't. Uh, 
I can't get with the pencil, man. He just drives me nuts. <laughs> Patricia? You know, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I, I heard, I read a blurb on Twitter, I don't know, about a week ago that they held Swift and Bo Scarborough out of practice because they weren't ready for that full speed stuff. Oh, so this like, could be like a, this, um, like a motivational yeah, thing? Oh, for God's sake. I hear a, lower, a mysterious lower leg injury, so he's missing reps. He's, yeah. he's a rookie, and it's a... You know, it's the uh, New England backfield. Yeah. Better be on the Bill field. Belichick invented the yeah. mysterious lower leg injury yeah, diagnosis. And he's gonna, if, he misses, if he's missing reps, that's, you know, that's valuable, and he's a rookie, and Belichick never liked rookies, so Patricia can take a play out of his playbook. And yeah. Who knows? I mean, if he slides into, like, the, I don't know, what's he going, where's he at in the NFL? Uh, 504 right now, currently. Running back 24. That's a little rich. That is right behind Le'Veon Bell, Cam Akers. It is right in front of, oh, a glut, uh, Kareem Hunt, Ronald Jones, Mark Ingram, Mostert, and Singletary all going right after Swift. Take it right out of Acres. Yeah. He's going right before. And yeah. Mostert. I feel like. Do you, well, do you like? Let me rattle off the names again. Do, would you like any of these guys over Swift right now? Hunt, Ronald Jones, Mark Ingram, Mostert, or Singletary? Would you take any of those guys above Swift? I know my Mostert. I think. He's, yeah. I think he's going to do it well this year. People are kind of. You either love him or you hate him. Yeah. I'm a 49er fan. I saw that Super Bowl last year. He was the best running back on that team. Oh, the conference championships. Yeah. He looked like a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, he's granted. Super Bowl. You outplayed the, Coleman. The the yes yeah. yeah. Um. So is that something that you'd invest in uh, a Mostert and then getting Coleman a few rounds later? I think so. Yeah, and lock up that Niners backfield. I think so. Yeah, and then you got to make the McKinnon. Oh yeah, McK- I always forget about him. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a t- it's a uh, it is a conundrum to worry about. But it is, it is an outstanding offensive line. So maybe take the cheapest piece of the whole thing and just take McKinnon and be done with it. I heard reports that Trent Williams is tossing around Joey Bosa. In, and vice versa. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. So I so it's not total down. But that's good because Trent Williams he didn't even play last year. The Niners get him for a song, yep. and now he's their starting left tackle because uh, who's the guy who retired? Um, Staley. Staley. Joe, yeah, Joe Staley retires. And, uh, and, and they're not missing a beat, so good on them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think tonight the auction's always, I think, telling because you'll draft a lot of uh, – you'll, you'll be in a, a bidding war with a lot of these guys that you're going to be drafting with the rest of the yeah. weekend in Kentucky. Right. And, and then you kind of know, like, okay, if I'm going to draft with this guy, I know I'm probably not getting this guy here because he's going to take him. So it, we, we always start off with the chess match, and then we move on to checkers after that, essentially. Um, let's get into this David Montgomery thing. Okay. Uh, Ian Rappaport says that he's going to miss two to four weeks. This is a strained groin, I think they called it, and they're playing the Lions week one. So now you have to – I mean, I'm, a, I'm just assuming that Montgomery is not playing week one. You're going to have Tariq Cohen, the Magic Cord, Cordero Patterson, Ryan Nall, Artavis Pierce, uh, who had 83 combined carries, all those four guys, in 2019. They have not signed anybody yet. Um, so I, I think for me, I'm just taking that as a sign is the Bears aren't too concerned – with this Montgomery thing, so maybe you and I shouldn't be either, right? I'm ten, I tend to agree with you on that one. I think uh, I, I think he's going to be a value. Probably, he's probably going to lose a round and a half, two rounds right. probably, so maybe you snap him up. Just plan on he's going to sit on your bench for a few weeks, and then he'll be in. And yeah, uh, who'd you rather have? Be, because they're going back to back at the end of the sixth round in FFPC oh, yeah. drafts. Montgomery or J.K. Dobbins? Oh, Dobbins. By Dobbins. So you love Dobbins yeah, this year. At what, how long is it going to take before he takes over as the lead back in Baltimore? I wish I could read Harbaugh's mind. I just don't know. He's been looking fantastic in practice. So he, you know, it's the Twitter hive mind. Yeah. Everything he does is like, he's just, he, he, I saw a couple of videos. He's over the top of the linebacker catching over his shoulder. Right. Like, yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, I saw the same. It's things like, that Mark Ingram hasn't been able to do for years. Or, so, or ever, yeah. maybe. You know, stuff that his dad, who was a wide receiver, probably yeah. never did. You know, so, yeah, Dobbins looks really, really good. And, and, and the thing is, like, when it comes down to it, you know, if you're drafting in the Football Guys Players Championship for the FFPC main event, 
do you want a, an acute? I don't want to call Montgomery an accumulator back because we just don't know enough about him, but he certainly underwhelmed last year. Right. Or do you want J.K. Dobbins, a potential league winner? League winner you know, and, and, and then you get that guy going on your team, and then all of a sudden it's totally different. Probably this weekend, I wouldn't see any surprise to see Montgomery probably in the mid eighth, probably. Maybe really? Now, I, think, I think he's in high relief. He was going in the seventh last week. Okay. Friday, all right. Sometimes in the sixth. Well, we'll see what, yeah, I mean, we're going to see what happens with that. But that's, yeah, that's a two-round two drop sounds about right. Yeah. Now, but mm, you never know. He has, I'll, I'll say this, um, in, it, you know, since the injury news hit, uh, the latest he has gone in any football guy's draft was 8.06. Okay. So he has dropped in the mid-eighth, okay. too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it might be a nice little value there Kentucky, for sure. Kentucky, their running backs are generally about a round behind once you get past, like, the fourth, fifth round. Yeah, yeah. I would say that's pretty accurate, yeah. Um, all right, so a team that I thought I had figured out, then I was like, I don't have him figured out now. I'm not sure. Uh, ben Roethlisberger says his elbow feels, quote, really good after he threw three days in a row last week. Brooke Pryor, who covers the team, uh, tweeted this out. He's taking a day off every now and then to, you know, as he's rehabbing this, this surgically repaired elbow. Um, but it sounds like he's fully healthy. Mark Caboli, we, who we talked about earlier in the show, said that Roethlisberger um, was on a throwing program. He actually scrapped it because he was, there was no pain in the elbow. Uh, how do you feel about drafting Steelers pass catchers, Jim, knowing that Roethlisberger is throwing to him this year? I think I'm wheels up, man. I mean, Are you really? I think so, yeah. And, and right now, Roethlisberger is an absolute steal, in my opinion, because you get him as a QB, too. Yeah. Probably in 14, 15, 16 range. Yeah, I think you're right on and that. You know what? You, 15th, end of the yeah. 15th, end of the 15th. My yeah. God, that's just insane. Last time he was healthy, I mean, healthy knock on wood. Right, yeah. Yeah, it seems about right. 30-plus touchdowns, 5,000 yards. And, um, you know, the thing is that he, he can make he's, – he's already shown this. He can make two receivers and a tight end great yep. in that offense. Um, so you're pro Juju Smith-Schuster I think so. yeah. in, in the second round. Uh, third, yeah, third round, or third, late, uh, early third, early yeah. Third, yeah um, what about Deontay Johnson? You like him? I do. I wish I knew what the health status was right now. Yeah, he's missed some uh, time too. Grab him at a value. I mean, he's. It was a soft. It was a soft tissue thing with him, yeah, wasn't it? Leg, I thought. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna look it up okay. right now and see if if he's been practicing. Yeah, but yeah, I keep checking and I keep looking. And, and he's still out. Still out. So. <laughs> but he's, a, he's like in a Marquise Brown, you know, realm as far as you know, that little wide receiver three is being grabbed this weekend. Does nothing but upside. It's yeah, calf issue. Missed the last five days, as, as you pointed out. Um, and I remember the hype on him was getting out of control. I can't remember yeah. if I mend it, mentioned it on this show, but people were talking about him potentially being the number one receiver by season's end in yeah. Pittsburgh, which I guess there's a non-zero chance of that happening. I don't particularly share that viewpoint. I don't think it's going to happen, but anything's possible. So what about the Steelers' tight ends with Ebron and Vance McDonald? I, I know no there's... For me. Ebron, Ebron is, I guess you got to touch that upside, right? As, as a backup? Yeah, okay. Backup. Sure, yeah. I always, I mean, obviously, tight end premium in the FFPC, they all get pushed yeah, up. True. Here, I always, I feel like you, you can always get a really good number two tight end yeah. if you want it. Right. You know, a lot of these teams out here will draft a top five or top six tight end, and then they don't draft a backup at all, and then it leaves a lot of value out there yeah. for. And I, and I've, and I've gotten, uh, I've hit on some tight ends um, as my backup uh, over the years that become my starter yeah. for for yeah. the majority of the season. De- Delaney Walker was was uh, a perfect example of that. And then once he actually started being drafted appropriately, he got hurt, and then he was a total boss. Yeah. But it, or Darren Waller, like Darren Waller last year too, was not a highly drafted player, uh-huh. and then he ends up crushing it yeah, too. So Mark Andrews is the other one too. Yeah. Oh, Mark Andrews, perfect example. Yeah. I look back at some of my teams, those guys in that middle tier, you know, the Evan Ingrams. Uh, See, this is what I've heard. These guys, every team 
time I had those guys in, guys like that. Yeah. If if you if you don't get a top five or six guy, avoid it, and try to get like two upside guys late, and then hope hope one of them hits. Or there's always a waiver wire too, because Kentucky doesn't value the tight ends the way that you know. So you can usually get somebody good off the waiver wire. Um, let's get to a couple of emails here for you, Jim. Uh, first one, if I can find where I copied and pasted it here. I just had it. This is fantastic radio. Okay. John in Mansfield, Mass. Dear Balky and everyone else, are Joe Mixon's migraines and potential holdouts scaring you off him in the first or second round at all? John, thank you for the email in Mansfield, Massachusetts. Joe Mixon, your thoughts on him as a late first-round pick? No problem. So you're good with that? I mean, you don't think he's going to hold out. Migraines he'll get over. Yeah, and I don't think Cincinnati can afford to keep him off the team right now. Yeah, because then they have Bernard, Giovanni, and Travion Williams, and, yeah, it's, it's not a – they get that rookie quarterback who needs a good solid yeah, quarterback that's true. to you know, hand the ball off to, and, and he's part of that offense. Um, Zach Taylor really likes him. Yeah. Would you take him over Miles Sanders? Well, it's a tough one. Yeah, that's close. I mean, I already, I, I know I would because I just did it. Did you just do it? <laughs> well, I, t- I mean, I took Sanders over Mixon okay. in, in a draft, so I know that I, I would take yeah, him. Yeah, I probably lean to the, to the Sanders. Side. Yeah. Sanders. Um, and then what about um, Henry? Or, oh, definitely Henry. Uh, okay, all right. All right. So, I, you know what? I, I don't want to get – I think we – yeah, I got an email for Fetch about Derrick Henry, so I don't want to get too much into it right now. Right. But I do want to talk other Patriots running backs here. Okay. George in Philadelphia. Sony Michelle's off the pup. Damian Harris is looking good, and the Pats have Lamar Miller now. So who is the Patriots running back I need? George, thank you for the email coming out of Philadelphia. What about you, Jim? James White. James White, and just don't overthink it. You know, you can uh, – I guess Lamar, Sony's the cheapest. So maybe I think Lamar Miller's cheapest. Yeah, but I don't know if he can even he can make the team. I don't know. I mean, I, it like. might be a coin flip. Yeah. <laughs> there's no guaranteed money in that contract. No, so. there's not. Um, Cam New- you're going to have Cam Newton go for touchdowns, too, on, against those guys. In the yeah. Season. So maybe it's just James White and just stay away. That has been a winning formula the last few years. Um, and so I think, maybe- uh, I think um, Harris is up in, like, a single-digit round. Uh, is he? Re- oh, my God. This, the, the hype on Damian, he should have been a hype guy on the list this year. It's out of control because I guess he has been looking good in practice, and people hate Sony Michelle now. 10-0-1, so you're right. I mean, he's, he's gone as high as the seventh, the seventh round for Damian Harris. My yeah. God. I think ninth round was ninth ten was his average in Cincinnati. So. Right, yeah, it makes sense. Um, okay, so the advice, you get the bulky stamp on the Jim Cole advice. <laughs> Keep it simple. James White, and then don't look at any of those. Um, all right, time to, for the hype guy here. Okay. We're going to get into the hype guy vote. Now, Jim, um, I don't want Bob's voting influencing you here, but you know how he did it. He ranked it McLaurin, Marquise Brown, Jonathan Taylor in that order. So now I want you to go in reverse order of these guys. You have okay. the, the five to pick from, A.J. Brown, Marquise Brown, Ronald Jones, Terry McLaurin, and Jonathan Taylor. So give me your third best hype guy this year off that list. When you say hype, give me the context. You're okay, so about... I'm talking about not necessarily ascendant level, okay. but I'm talking about the guy that everybody is going to be, you know, excited to draft, talking up in Vegas, okay. potential league winner. Maybe you should call it the league winner. Okay. But, but like, you know, somebody like that that people are going to go crazy for. Okay, uh, third place is John Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's yeah, third. I See, I have a, I'm going to reveal it at the end of the show, but I have him higher than third. Okay. Do you think, just because we're in Kentucky, you think it gets out of control here with him being a Colt? Because I, I, I don't know how it was in Cincinnati last yeah. week. It probably is a little bit different. He's third, but. He's third round locked in he, in, in Cincinnati. And, and, and even, even I did a couple uh, online mains with uh, 
not the FFCC, but KFC last yeah. week with, uh, with Bobby and then, uh, he was a third round one time. Yeah, and he's a- ADP on him in, in football guys, which obviously you have the tight ends pushed up there, 309, okay. um, but he's gone as high as 303. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the thing is, it's like if, if somebody, because you get the third round reversal out there, if yep. somebody believes that there's good value in the third round, um, for receivers, maybe they take Taylor in the second. And, you, might him, you might see a McCaffrey team with McCaffrey Taylor. Taylor? Oh man, that could be lethal. Yep. That could be lethal. Yep. And then if like you get one of those quarterbacks falling in the at at the end of the third, it could be incredible. Yep. All right, anyway, so you have Jonathan <laughs> you got, Taylor at the. I got I got Jonathan Taylor seeing yeah, stars now. I am. I am. <laughs> maybe it'll happen for me tonight. Um, okay, so Jonathan Taylor's third for you. Who's second? Between the Browns, Jones, and McLaurin. I think A.J. Brown continues to send it. I think it just keeps getting better. And yeah. Better. Are you worried about the, the volume in that? Because I was concerned with, with it last year, but it didn't seem to matter. But A.J. Brown had so many big plays last year. Maybe we're, discount, we're, we're not discounting that enough that uh, this guy could easily come back. It's one of those things, too, because like maybe he gets higher volume this year, yeah. but he's less efficient with it because maybe. he busted yeah. all those big plays. Um but, yeah, A.J. Brown is, is another guy, too, that, that really um, the hype was building on him the middle of last season. And, um, and people were just like, oh, my God, next year this guy's ADP is going to be out of control. So you have A.J. Brown is number two. Who's your number one? I'm going to go with McLaurin. I think we know who the hype guy is going to be. Yeah. I, I have a sneaking suspicion. I think he's in line for 140 to 150 targets. It could be crazy yeah. uh, with him this year. He could be the type of guy, too, where – you know, he's getting shut down at, at halftime. With, he's got, like, three catches for 15 yards. And then he busts a couple of big plays in the second half because Washington's terrible. And he ends up with, like, an 11 for 173 and two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it is going to be a roller coaster to own him. It's a roller coaster I'm more than willing to pay yep. to get on because I think that's going to be uh, fun this year. I actually, in one of the um, Kentucky slows that I was in, um, I, I was on the clock in, like, God, what was it? It had to be, like, the – like the 404, 405, somewhere in there. And I already had Mike Evans. I'm like, dude, I'm taking Terry McLaurin here. You know, this is, I know it's, it might be a little bit of an overdraft, but I, for this year, more than any other year, I think I'm sort of, I'm using ADP as a tool, tool but I'm not a slave to it. You know, and, and I'm, I, I'll just, because we're all going to forget about it week two, week three, where all these guys are going. Uh, Jim, this was awesome. Uh, you did such a good job. I, I can't wait to taste the beer. It's going, it's going to be the highlight of my weekend. I just know it. You're like, ah, oh, taste it first. Now it's going to be great. Um, what are you doing tonight here? I got the main at 8.30, and then I got that midnight match. Oh, so you're in that with me. What, what spot are you picking at? four. I purposely went next to Bench. <laughs> what is he at? Five? Three? Oh, so, so it's me, and then who? I don't know who two is. And then it's uh, Fetch, and then you? So, yeah. We're going to have some fun at that end of the table tonight. Yep. We had some fun at this table, too. Jim, yep. thank you so much. Right, it was much. awesome stuff. Jim Cole, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Kentucky, uh, former multi-Kentucky League champ, joining us here live at Caesars Southern Indiana here, uh, live at Louisville for the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight, 2020 Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. And now I'm joined by a guest who's synonymous with the KFFSC. You hear him on the KFFSC podcast every single week. The guy who really carries the show, it's Rob Fetcher. <laughs> Loves
went pretty good. What I pick was, did you have? I was seven. Oh, okay. So I went Rieger. I, it was a little bit of a stretch because Judy and Jefferson were there. Yeah. But being a keeper, I'm looking for a one. Right. And I feel like Judy and Jefferson both were kind of logged into twos for the next few years. Yeah. Sutton's such a... See, that's team. interesting. So you like Sutton going forward even with the Judy edition yeah, there, sure. too. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, And Rager, we just saw a report... Today, I don't know who tweeted this out, one of the Eagles beat reporters saying, and maybe this is like, you know, the earth is round, water is wet, but he said Jalen Rager is going to have a week one role. Um, and it should be a significant one, I would think, because they don't have a whole lot of other healthy receivers on that team. I actually drafted Greg Ward in the eighth. Oh, yeah. Because they're talking about a role. And I played him in the KFFC <laughs> playoffs week 16 last You played year. against him or he, no, you I, started him? I started him <laughs> as a reason. Basically, the, he was a unique player. Yeah. And it moved me up um, from like 15th and I finished 7th. But yeah. I really think that was the reason because I had guys I set were already playing on teams ahead of me. Yeah. He had a decent week. Other guys had bad. He, he rolls you yeah. up a little higher, that unique player. Yeah. So we're all kind of looking for him to play. And, and was that the week that he caught that touchdown, too? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. It's, this is why we got to have you on the show, because of the soothsayer of Rob Fetcher, ladies and gentlemen, uh, tonight. Um, so, Rob, let's kick things off, and, and I want to talk a little news with you, because we got some heavy topics that we saved for the end of the show here tonight. Uh, Matt Schneidman, oh, this is not one of them, by the way, so we're, we're softballing it right away. Matt Schneidman, who covers the Packers for The Athletic, says Alan Lazard has solidified the Packers' belief that he will be the primary receiver behind Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers' quote I'm going to read here. Everybody's talked about Alan, and it's pretty easy because the guy is a professional. He has worked on his game. I think for him to separate himself, he needs to continue to improve on things he did last year. Already in scrimmages this season for the Packers, Lazard, 33-yard catch, 77-yard catch and run, touchdown pass from Rodgers. This was, um, we assume, against the first stringers, although we can't you know, say who they were going against, but it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Lazard, do the math. It wasn't the backups out there. Um, I have never been a fan of his. Uh, he's going super late. Am I wrong? Should, no, I, be, should I be looking I, at this guy late? Think, I don't think you're wrong at all. I, this is kind of like death. Taxes, Green Bay's talking about receivers who weren't hijacked. <laughs> right. you know, but this guy wasn't even drafted either. Right, right, he's undrafted. You're <laughs> yeah. on Jeff Janis in the seventh. Jerome Allison was undrafted. You yeah. talk about that every year, but never, they never fill the role. I mean, when the Packers have done well, Jordy, Cobb, yeah. they're second-round guys, and they always feel like Rodgers can pull something more out of the guys than they can. Lazard had a role late in the year last year. I think he'll have a role, but as far as fantasy, I don't want a guy that's going to have a role. I got I want a guy that's going to, you know, jump out and flash. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, and that maybe that's the problem I have with him because he goes in the 13th round fetch as wide receiver 57. I mean, that's fine if you want to take him there, but that's where I'm trying to hit home runs. Yeah, a Paris Campbell, a Michael Pitt, right, a yeah. guy that could take over. Yeah. Right, yeah. I, and those guys are pedigreed. Was Paris Campbell a first or a second round pick? He was second round. And, and Pittman was second round too. Right. Um, and then you have Lazard who you know, wasn't right. even on a team. Yeah. Now, I liked him in the pre-draft process. I, I, when he was playing at Iowa State, I'm like, this guy's going to ball out in the NFL. And then I switched my feelings on him when I saw – 32 teams pass on him seven times. Right. Like, maybe I'm wrong in my talent evaluation here. Um, I just see it's a limited ceiling. Um, it's fine if you want to draft him, but, you know, outside of buys, he's not going to have many spike weeks. I really don't see him taking a step forward. And he's never passing Devontae Adams. No, no, never. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, stay in the NFC North. This is a receiver I actually like. Anthony Miller uh, participated in team drills this week, according to Brad Biggs on Twitter. This is on Tuesday. He had his uh, second straight off-season shoulder surgery completed. 
Uh, but his rehab went well, and it sounds like he is going to be ready to go week one. Allen Robinson, who's actually dealing with a bit of an ankle injury right now, is going to be opposite Anthony Miller. And, and Miller, I think part of the reason I like him, Fetch, down the stretch last season, 5.7 catches, 72 yards across the final six weeks. Uh, would have been even better, but he was playing inexplicably playing special teams in week 17, and he got hurt on that, on that play. Um, I'm going to tell you, I don't have Kentucky ADP, but I'm going to tell you right now, Anthony Miller, as far as um, uh, football guys ADP over the last um, uh, two days, is going as a 12th-round pick, wide receiver 53. I'm all over that, man. Much rather have him than a Lazard. Who's not going that much later, quite frankly. Exactly. Miller's kind of been a hype guy the last couple years. Everybody thinks he's going to take off. I think the big thing to note here is Taylor Gabriel's gone. They really oh, yeah. like to use Taylor yeah. Gabriel in that third down slot type role. They brought in Ted Ginn, but I don't think Ted Ginn has that. He's a deep threat. He's yeah. not taking those third down targets that I think Anthony Miller can really help since they don't really have a productive tight end yeah. in Chicago. So I think they have like 18 of them, but none of them are productive. Yeah, yeah that's the so issue. I think Anthony Miller is, yes, on the rise and the guy I would draft at. In yeah. Double-digit I actually, I think I, I'm in one of these Kentucky slow drafts. Oh, it's by the way, Kevin Williamson said you were on the clock in one of them. And he said, I, you, <laughs> I drafted okay. an hour ago. All right, perfect. Yeah, he said you weren't allowed to talk until you made the pick, but I'm glad you made the pick, so that's good. But, yeah, I, 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 I think I took Miller in one of these drafts as, like, my number five or something like that, and I feel really good about it. I'll tell you this right now. I got nine drafts this weekend, and I bet Anthony Miller's on at least three or four of my teams. Uh, just unless he's, you know, people listen to this podcast and start sniping on me, which, I mean, who knows uh, if that's going to happen. But I'm with you. I like him. Um, all right. So WashingtonFootball.com had this story about Antonio Gibson uh, getting uh, a fair amount of first-team reps. Now, you don't have Darius Geist there anymore, Fetch. You get Adrian Peterson, who, you know, we know who he is. He's going to be the starter. I saw an interesting report today. I don't know if you saw this. But it, it was a beat writer that said Washington is probably going to keep four running backs. But if they don't, it's Bryce Love who's going to be on the outside looking in because it sounds like J.D. McKissick's role is locked on this team. Take me through the, the Washington running backs. Who do you like? Who do you not like? Well, I don't like anybody but McKissick. And, again, you can get him so late. He's like free. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the reason I – He's like the guy, uh, Tony Pollard, Daryl Henderson. Yeah. He's out of Memphis, just like Gibson. Yeah. They're, they're almost like gadget players. I hate when uh, that word's used because that means it's sparing them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They can, they're versatile. You know, everybody's looking for McCaffrey, the running back that can catch and, and run the ball in the tackle. Yeah. They're just not out there. And if they're using more like a gadget, like a Tavon Austin, right. something like that, that usually does not end up well. It, it usually means low volume, low snap count. Yeah. You know, how, how, how effective can you be for fantasy if you're not out on the field consistently? Um, and, and so I think, I, I, I don't know, I, I assume you and I are agreeing on this. The running back that's probably going to have the most first team snaps in Washington, probably going to be Adrian Peterson. Sure. But, but how attractive is he? No. I, I mean, he doesn't catch passes. He's... A sh- I don't want to say he's a shell of his former self, but there's not a lot of burst there. I, I don't know. A guy like that, you want him to be on a great offense. If, he, if he's going to get yeah. the goal line carries in the late when you're ahead, how many – what, Washington's going to be ahead 30% of the time in games this year? I mean, if that. Yeah. So they're going to be throwing the ball, but it's going to be all over to McLaurin and some of the Sims, some of their other receivers. Yeah. And the hype is, has gone nuclear – well, went nuclear on Antonio Gibson a few weeks ago, but he's still an eighth-round pick in football guys' drafts right now. The starter, Adrian Peterson, 
is going five rounds later. Right. I mean, just it's it's really bizarre. So McKissick is a guy that you'll look at at the end of the draft, but you're not looking at any Washington. Nope. Yeah, okay. I think I'm with you on that, actually. I, I always struggle every time I'm out here in drafting. Um, I'll get through the first ah, 16 rounds or so, no problem. I'll get my guys. Uh, but then after that, those last two, you know, I'll get a kicker in defense in 19 and 20 usually. But 17 and 18, man, I'm, I, like, I'm like this close to sticker picking where I just got to go up there and look for a name because I just can't find anybody I like. I'm, McKissick, it could be that guy this weekend. I'm looking for a guy like Bowden this year. That, and oh, yeah, he'd be interesting. That, I always like, uh, like McKissick, a guy that's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. If something happens on a Sunday morning, somebody got hurt, one of your starters, yeah. you want a guy that you know has a role and is going to get you, you know, five catches for 50 yards so yeah. you don't lose that week. Pass, pass catchers, pass catchers, pass catchers. Like, it's so difficult. Derrick Henry's a first-round pick. You know how difficult it is for me to like him when he doesn't catch passes? And look, he's, a, he's, he's an Adonis. He's a beast. He's a guy that, you know, just, I mean, he, he practices against semi-trucks, you know, right. instead of players. This guy's awesome. And it, it's still difficult. I took Miles Sanders over him in the Kentucky draft the other day. Just like I couldn't – Miles Sanders is hurt, and his offensive line is, is shredded, and I still took him over Henry because I couldn't get over the pass-catching aspect with Henry. That could prove to be a big mistake. Um, I think we actually have a Derrick Henry email coming up here. Yeah, actually right now, Fetch. Let's, let's, oh, this is a perfect segue as we go into it. I can't remember who this is from. It is from Aaron in San Jose. Hey, fellas, I know Derrick Henry doesn't catch passes, but don't you think his workload will make him worth grabbing over any other running back besides the top five? Good luck in Kentucky. That is Aaron in San Jose. Fetch, how many running backs are you taking ahead of Derrick Henry in the first round? Six. You're, so you're taking Kamara, uh, Cook, um, Elliott, McCaffrey, um, Barkley, and Edwards Alaire? Yep. And, and then, and then Derrick Henry comes out. Yep. So you're taking him over Sanders, you're taking him over Mixon, you're taking him over Drake. Okay. Um, how close does he get to his production that he did last year, Henry? I think he may even have more. Really? I think they're a better team now. They have a full year of Tannehill. The um, beauty of Henry is that he gets better as the year goes along. And as we're trying to win championships, I love him in week 14, 15, 16. And he's a unique situation in Tennessee. He's got a coach that understands their team runs the ball, so they don't give up on it. Right. There's so many teams. Yeah, I take a guy like Leonard Fournette. I think who's similarly talented, but they're going to be behind all the time, and they're not. Their coach will abandon the. Yeah, league. yeah. Rabel's been around long enough. He, he understands the game. He's a defensive guy. He understands running the ball, protects his defense, so they keep going to him. And look how it took him in the deep. It took him in the playoffs. They yeah. took him the AFC Championship last year. Exactly, and I think they ride that. And uh, Tannehill is going to be better in this. Yeah. The more he knows. Obviously, A.J. Brown's going to get better. So I think it's a, it's a dynamic offense. It's not explosive like the Chiefs, but they're going to But if it. it was explosive like the Chiefs, then that would actually make Henry probably less well, valuable. Yes, you know? exactly. yeah. Perfect for this system, and, and I like him, especially going late in the year, because that last few years, that's really where he's taken off. Yeah. Fetch, I think you just sold me on Derrick Henry. I, I might take him in the first round now in one of these days. I, didn't, I did not envision that happening. Maybe it still won't. We'll see. Um, last email. Yes, last email here. Uh, Chuck in Jacksonville. What's up, HSFF Hour? Chris Herndon has been getting a ton of hype the last couple of weeks. Is he worth it? Chuck in Jacksonville, thank you for your email. I'm going to tell you right now, Fetch, in, uh, in FFPC uh, Football Guys drafts, over the last two days, I want to see how crazy he's gotten on his ADP. Yeah, 10.05. 
which I mean is is higher. He's gone as high as the nine oh one. Um I, I think for me, I, I'm never gonna draft him as my starter, but if I wait on tight end, I'll probably draft a backup right away. Mm-hmm. That to me would be Herndon a, a, would be a pretty good choice for that. You know, I've never loved Herndon. And part of the reason I don't like him is there's been times Ryan Griffin's been there and outperformed him. Right, that's true. And I, I just think there's other options. I think it definitely in the FFPC format. Tyler Eifert's not going to be drafted here in Kentucky, but I think as your third tight end in the FFPC, I think that's a guy people should be looking at. I have him as my third tight end in the Scott Fishbowl right now, which is like tight end premium, too, in that. And I feel, I'm like, I was like, well, we'll mean, see what he's looked good. Well, I mean, that, he's got Jay Gruden, who he's worked with. Yep, before. that's true. They don't have a tight end. I talked earlier, Jacksonville's going to be behind all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, all the time. They got charts that really took off last year, but they still need other pass catchers, especially in the middle of the field. And I think Eifert could have a really good year. Yeah, I'm with you on that. All right, Fetch, you are uh, you are in in the catbird seat here because not only do you get to make your hype guy votes here, but we get to total them up and announce. You get to announce it with oh, me for for the FFPC this year. Okay, so you got the list right there uh, with the hype guy candidates. The five guys I narrowed it down to: AJ Brown and Marquise Brown, uh, not related. That I know of. Ronald Jones, Terry McLaurin, Jonathan Taylor. We're going to do it the same way. Give me in reverse order your third hype guy, your second hype guy, and then your top one. So who's third? Third is A.J. Brown. And why is that? He would be one. I almost feel like the hype's already built in. I mean, he had <laughs> such a good playoff run last year. I mean, I, he, he's reached almost the third round in a lot of drafts. Right. We saw in Kentucky. So, I mean, how much more can he go? Yeah. I think the hype's built in with him. Uh, how, how high? What's the highest he goes this weekend? Um, three six. I three guess. six. Okay, so he's still not a second round guy. No, I don't. Think so. All right. It's seeing now if we had preseason, he catches a ninety yard touchdown. Yeah. Maybe that changes. Um, number two. Number two would be uh, Hollywood Brown. Marquise Brown. Marquise Hollywood Brown. Boy, he's getting a lot of action here uh, tonight. We I haven't revealed my votes yet, but I will shortly. Um, I asked Bob this. You concerned about the weight gain, or do you like the weight I gain? I like the weight gain. I think it makes him more versatile. That's one thing I would bring up. He. He needs to be able to catch passes over the middle. I know they have a good tight end set, but they lost Hayden Hurst, who, who caught some balls. Right. If you want him to be a three-down back or a three-down receiver, excuse me, catch the deep ball and catch those third-down slants and other things to really pump him up and give him this hype, that's what that weight does. All right. Well, you're, listen, you're preaching to the converted. I love Marquise Brown this year for sure. Number one, is it is it a sweep so far? Is it Terry McLaurin for you? It is not. It, it's Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor. Okay. And it's mainly because just the hype on running backs or maybe the scarcity of running backs. To me, over the last couple of weeks with all the drafts I've saw, people are getting scared and just keep reaching and reaching on running back because, you know, there's not many out there. And you throw out being here in Indianapolis – I think Indianapolis has the best offensive line in football. Oh, I, I, you're not going to get any argument you know, with me Clint on that. That's yeah, unbelievable. One of the guys who, from the interior, has really uh, changed the franchise. And I think Mack will still have a role. Hines will have a small role. But I think Jonathan Taylor could really jump in here. And I think other people do. And that's why he's going to get hyped up. So why no Terry McLaurin? You still you quarterback. Okay, you don't well, like Haskins. I, I have Terry McLaurin on my uh, keeper league team. I, I like him. He had a really good year last year. There was a little, like AJ, I mean, he's going in the fifth or sixth, but I just think that's where he's going, and I don't think people think he can make that jump with that offense. I mean, I really like to have nice pieces of offenses that are going to, I think are going to score 25 to 30 points a game. And I put the Redskins at play. 
Washington football club. Well, Washington football team, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm not going to get used to it all season. I'll tell you that right now. 20, 22 points a game, and that's just not enough touchdowns, I think, in the yardage that uh, it holds him down a little bit in my mind, and I think in a lot of traffic. All right, let's reveal my votes here, how I had this. Third, I have Marquise Brown. Two is Terry McLaurin for me. Number one is Jonathan Taylor. You and I are, are, are seeing eye to eye on Taylor. All right. So maybe so we have this when you're in this uh, midnight draft with me tonight. Taylor's not making it back to me then in, <laughs> at the at the end well, of the second round. See, I, I, I have an interesting strategy when it comes to running. All right. I, I don't love the running back position. I, I'm not scared of the running back position. I think you shouldn't people be. People get scared of the draft. Yeah. There, oh, there won't be any available. I think there's solid running backs yeah. all through this draft. We, you and I do fantasy football podcasts. We play in fantasy football leagues, a ton of them. And there are running backs that we've never heard of that are starting for fantasy teams week seven, week eight. There, there's always some out there, that, and we'll find out. I never heard of Artavis Pierce before this whole um, Montgomery injury. All right, so here's the final votes, Fats. I'm going to total up. Ronald Jones, zero, which, uh, zero points, which I guess the injury probably played into that a little bit. He gets dinged up. How much can you hype up an injury guy? Um, then we have A.J. Brown in fourth with three points. You have Marquise Brown in third with five points and a tie for first place with eight points piece, Jonathan Taylor and Terry McLaurin. How do we settle this tie, ladies and gentlemen? It's whatever guest we have on right now. So we're going Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, as yeah. Then, so Jonathan Taylor is your official hype guy. Not a big surprise, I guess, uh, this year, but, um, but it makes sense, and he's probably going to be hyped up. He, it could get crazy in Vegas. I don't know what's going to happen with him, but – and if we had a preseason, maybe he'd already be going way up there and making some plays. I figured you as the, as the resident Colts fan would have Jonathan Taylor up there. And me, by the way, as the resident Wisconsin Badgers fan. So it, 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 the whole thing was fixed. We knew what we were doing beforehand. Uh, Fetch, are you, are you doing the auction right now? Are you, are you... I, I'm going to try to cage you in as I run this auction draft. <laughs> well, you won't have to put up with Tupacker this year, so that's good. Um, but, yeah, I look forward to it. That'll be fun. We'll do the auction here. We'll do Midnight Madness. And I'm sure I'll see a ton of you this weekend, oh, yeah. for sure. A lot of drafts. I six, seven drafts. I'm oh, in, yeah. so. I got nine. I've never done nine before. It's going to be insane, but I look forward well, to it. Well, you got a vacation for your kids. I still <laughs> got to see my kids that's a little true. bit. Yeah. yeah, that is true. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's a, a, a bad thing for me. I could, uh, well, I can't get in any trouble if I'm drafting here the whole time. I guess that's good. Rob Fetcher, thank you so much. What a treat. It, was it a is. We, and listen to Rob, by the way, on the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship podcast with Farrell Elliott, with Justin McCord, who I believe we're going to see tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah, we'll see him out here tomorrow. Uh, and that is going to do it for our show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Your hype guy has been announced. It is one Jonathan Taylor. I want to thank my guests tonight, uh, Greg Sidoris, Bob Butterfield, Jim Cole, and, of course, Rob Fetcher for joining me. Uh, we are going to be off for a while now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no show next week because we've got the football guys, um, a draft, Labor Day Draft-a-thon, and then the Vegas Live events after that. Uh, so we will return after week one on Friday uh, with a special guest that day. Remember to book those flights. Get out to Vegas at Paris. $400 off each additional main event team. Check out the football guys. Uh, check out the Terminator, the Super Bracket. A ton of stuff going on at MyFFTC.com. And if you want to play in a 12-team closed league, uh, we've got best ball leagues. We've got Terminator stats. Uh, we've got um, best ball swims as well as dynasty startups. Remember, slow dynasty startups close Sunday. And we'll have the live Dynasty startups with the 60-second clock after that. Uh, Fetch, it's been real. Let's do some drafting, huh? Let's go have a drink. Yeah, I love it. Your weekend starts now.
This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I'm saying hi to all the duties from around the way. Yeah, cause I got all of them strong jack. My girls are like boomerangs. No matter how far I throw them, they come back. I'm coming straight out to NYC. I'm down with digging in the crates and I'm MVP. If rap was the game, I'll be in By the way, I don't like to brag on this show, but the auction that I'm about to do with uh, former Kentucky champ Kurt Oz, my co-owner, we have won this league three years in a row, this auction. And so we're going for a four-peat tonight. Normally, I don't bring that up and say how awesome I am, but every time I've said that we're the defending champ of this league, um, right right after we do this show every year, we always seem to win the league. So it's not a brag. It's just I'm trying to to keep the mojo going and hopefully make it a four-peat. Enjoy the drafts. Enjoy the main event. Enjoy the Football Guys Players Championship. Thanks for making the FFPC so awesome. All you listeners uh, of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and supporters of the FFPC, we will talk to you after week one. Happy drafting season, everybody.